Good evening, Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship and everybody who joins us for Kingdom 101 Relationships, which actually is the Wednesday night Bible study for Astounding Love. And I am Pastor Lundzine Lee, and it is my honor and my pleasure to be here tonight to talk to you all or to pick up in some of the conversations that we had. I'm going to say hi, Geneva. Glad you're here and looking forward to you joining in the um I guess the minister's round table next week. And then I think there's another one on August 24th. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Um, we're going to open in prayer. I have invited people to write questions or, uh, you know, give their comments or anything of that sort to be able to continue a conversation that we're having about intentional kingdom living and also kingdom life lessons. So I have a couple of different titles that are all revolving around the same thing. So let's go ahead and start with prayer. And then we will <laughs> find out what we'll do. You'll find out what we'll do, but we're going to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Father, we praise you and we thank you tonight. I thank you so much for what has been an exhilarating day in your presence. I thank you for opportunity to be able to move in the things of your kingdom and for the movement of the kingdom within me. I thank you for the insights that you provide for us tonight, that our hearts and our minds and our wills and our entire lives are open to receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save our souls, that is able to change the way that we think and that moves us into the vibratory life that you have for us. I love you so much. I know that you love us far, far more than we can even comprehend. I'm grateful to you tonight for the ears being opened to hear. I'm grateful that my own ears are open, my own eyes are open to see beyond anything that I might even think that I know that I'm able, that you increase my capacity and the capacity of all those that join in with us to be able to receive more of what it is that you have to say, to allow the permeating of the kingdom of God to spread within us even more to flow out of us as well. So I bless you. I praise you. I thank you so much for all that you are to us. And I thank you for joy, 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 laughter, friendship, love in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So, um, <clears throat> Let's get started, shall we? I have a new chair, so it's a rocking chair, and I have to sit still, and it makes me laugh because it's like, okay, I'm going to sit still. It almost looks like a dentist chair from the back, but it's a really cool recliner, and it allows me to sit up a little bit taller because uh, I have been known to fall asleep on the couch even when I'm when I'm teaching. Anyway, that's um, got absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with what we're going to talk about. We Last week, as I recall... And y'all can refresh my memory if, if you will. But last week we were talking about or pulling from the notes that we've had for a very, very long time that have to do with uh, intentional kingdom living. And one of the things that we were looking at, I'm still trying to juggle all the stuff on my lap here, but one of the things that we really looked at were notes that came from quite a while back and they had to do it. Well, I didn't pull the ones that say intentional uh, superhuman living, but that's what I'm going to pull out tonight. But these are because that's talking about the spirit to spirit life. But we have been looking at what the relationship is that we have with God, with ourselves and with others. And some of the things we haven't really touched on as of yet, but they really are there 
is the fact that you have a relationship with everything that you have to do within your life, whether you know it or not. We either have a relationship with wealth or we have a relationship with debt. We have a relationship with uh, love or we have, a you know, love. People call them love-hate relationships. No, no, you have a relationship that you are either building the one with the with the Lord or you build the relationship that you have with the flesh. But we have all of these relationships. We have relationships with time management. We have a relationship with ourselves. We have a relationship with, with how we interact with people. So there, there's a lot of areas that you can take that in. But tonight, and, and I talk about every single ship that we engage in during our lives must be rooted in Christ. And every relationship that comes from him must be nurtured. So if you think about the fact that if you have a relationship with poverty, you poor mouth everything, you can't afford anything, everything's always breaking on you, you buy the cheapest of everything, and actually you think that's a normal lifestyle, you're always striving to survive as opposed to being alive, um, or you look at your, you, you can have a, a, a poverty relationship with with people. Because you poor mouth everybody, you criticize everybody, you find fault with everybody or they find fault with you. Parents, spouses, uh, your besties, you know, how critical are you? How, how many wonderful things do you say about your siblings? In fact, how many good things do you even say about Jesus, about God? Um, you know, his blood speaks on our behalf eternally and it doesn't say anything terrible. But what do you have to say? about his blood? What do you have to say about his love? What do you have to say? What is your relationship with food? What is your relationship with yourself? You see, uh, it, it just, it's a cycle of different things. And um, it is different from, how do I say this? You have an investment. God has made an investment in each and every one of us. And the payment that he made, the down payment was Holy Spirit being deposited into us, but also the blood of Jesus has is 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 part of how do i want to say that it's part of the currency of heaven that has been expended on our behalf and god is a is a tremendous investor and he wants the return and the return that he wants is the joy and the vibrancy and the manifesting which means the truth of the kingdom being realized in our lives and being seen see um friendship to God, it came at a cost. And, 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 and part of the cost is being interested in one another's lives. Uh, this is part from my notes, teaching module one. I see Minister Frederick Johnson High um, put that down. And we're looking forward to you being a part of this conversation next week too. Um, but it's, it says in these notes, I don't know where they came from. <laughs> they just came up and up in front of me here. Uh, to God investment or to God, friendship comes at a cost. There is interest in one another's lives, self-investment of your time, your money, uh, your, you know, your uh, here, your listening and all those kind of things and a sense of selflessness. Sacrifice is a part of friendship. Otherwise you may just be acquaintances and greetings to you too, Sister Carlita. Good to see you, my friend. And thank you for an excellent Bible study today. Um, friends take the risk of telling one another the truth, sometimes to save a life. Friends really do not let one another drive drunk. You know, if you're really a friend of someone, you're going to tell them, hey, you're leaking here. You're, you're speaking a lot of bitterness. This is saggy. It's coming out of you. What is going on with you? A friend will take the step forward when everybody else will step backward because your emotions have super expressed themselves or any of the other kinds of things that happen. But friends, you, they don't leave you behind. 
Um, they're advocates. They stand by you when everybody else speaks against you. It's a funny thing because we can speak against each other, but God does not speak against us. He speaks. He has already spoken concerning sin. Sin has been judged. But God doesn't look at any of us as hopeless cases. He looks at us as those that he is empowered to make the choice to choose him. And then he does what he does to encourage us to do just that. He speaks up on our behalf. That's what a friend does. Uh, parents will speak up on your behalf. Spouses will or should speak up on your behalf. Besties, your siblings, Jesus definitely does. And his blood does that. So it's different from the societal social media friends. I got friends on social media but they don't know anything about me and i they may i may say oh yeah we're fr uh, uh you know social media friends but i don't know them either unless we've taken the time there's geneva hollis here and one of the reasons why i embrace her so much is because when we first met we met on a over on a zoom meeting in a Zoom meeting, we didn't actually talk to each other, but I noticed her because she always had something wonderful to share. And then I heard others talking about her and I thought, wow, I like her. We reached out. I don't really know how Jenny may have. Oh, I know. We ran into each other. Jenny, October would be her one year anniversary <laughs> of actually knowing each other. Um, but I sat in front of her at a at the Loving Unity uh, Arkansas uh, gathering last October. And I knew it was her. It was just like, I think the first time for me when I was on those Zoom calls that I actually saw some of these people that I had been seeing pretty much every week. And so when I sat in front of her, a lot of us, what we were doing is we were looking at each other like, you look familiar. I know I've seen you. And then it just came out, Geneva, it's Jenny, you know, and that's how we got to know each other. But you know what? She took it a step further. Because we said, well, let's keep in touch. And you know how we do it. They'll say, oh, yes, let's keep in touch. By all means, let's keep in touch. And we like our each other's little post on Facebook. We heart these things and, and all this other stuff. But Geneva messengered me and said, I really do want to get to know you. I've got questions for you, which is my kind of thing. It's like, really? Interview me? Yay, I like questions. I do. I actually do like questions. Um, I think most people, anybody who knows me knows that. They know I like to ask them but i actually like to answer them too and so she started you know we we found out something she liked that i didn't like i said well you have to suffer through it because we're still going to be friends but i don't understand how you could like that <laughs> it was kind of music how can you like this kind of music and i like this kind of music it's like well these two do not go together but we're going to press on and it became a lot of fun i don't think we ever finished that list but there it is and heart to heart, she's posting hearts. And that's exactly what happened. What was already love, I love you, I'm predisposed to love you, became something that could begin to blossom out of relationship. And it's the same thing. I love the Lord. I love him, but I love him better because I have relationship with him. I didn't say love him more. I said better. He loves me and there is no extra love. It, it's, it's just complete. It's all is saturated with it. But the more time that I engage in relationship with him, the better the, the, the exchange gets to be, the better I get to know him, the better he gets to know. He knows everything about me, but I'm talking about the intimacy, the imprint of me and the imprint of him. I'm, we're engraved in his hand. But to be in that relationship with him where I can hear his heart, feel his heart, and there are words. It's like the better you get to know him by his word and that fellowship, 
the easier it becomes to know that's not him talking. Why would even the very elite be able to be deceived because of a lack of intimacy and relationship? It's like people that are married, but they spend no time together. You know, he thinks she likes this. She thinks he likes that. And both of them are incorrect. It was based on an observation or a one-time thing, but they've never engaged in the dialogue and the time spent and even the enjoyment of the thing, you know, um, I could go on about, you know, how what chocolate tastes like at a certain time of year. But sometimes apple um, for me, some people like apple cider. For me, it's apple juice with a cinnamon stick that has been heated. Oh, my gosh, that stuff is so good to me. But I don't like cider. And you now y'all know. But if you didn't spend time with me and we were, oh, wow, I just love apple cider and you want to give me your apple cider, it'll sit there until you drink it because I don't like it. But I like hot apple juice, you see, and I'm not really very fond of cold apple juice. So it's just these little quirks and oddities that spending time with somebody, they may not say that to you. Now, you all would know because I told you. But the one that I will spend the rest of my days with in the earth, he'd know, not because I told him but because he's observed it, because we spent the time together, because he says, wow, I noticed this. Or, you know, I've watched people that go out to eat and, and they order certain things and the other person will just take certain foods off of the person's plate. Why? Because they know that their spouse, their partner's not going to eat that, but they always order it anyway extra because the one that they love, they really like it. You see, those are the kind of things. God creates certain types of sunsets, allows you to see a vista of something because he knows your appreciation, whether it be of nature or sound or um, effects or whatever it is. And you'll go, wow, you did that just for me. And you can feel that affirming on the inside. He did do that for you because he knows how much you take pleasure in it. Friendship comes at a cost. It costs you time. It costs you an investment. It costs you when it's inconvenient. People go, I'm so sorry to bother you. It's not convenient. Well, as a friend, I'm telling you, well, it's not convenient, but it's you. And because it's you, it doesn't matter. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not going to lie. Oh, no, it's no problem. It might be a problem, <laughs> but it's you. And so it's, it's, it's okay. I make the decision to do it because it's you. Yeah, sometimes relationships are inconvenient, but that's the beauty of them, isn't it? It's not a pristine, perfect thing. It's being connected even in the messiness of life. And being able to help each other to come through and to come out and to turn around and to have clarity of mind. This is the person I can bawl and squall and, and it's not with. And they're not going to just sit there and, um, you know, condemn me for it. They'll let me get it out while they're listening to the spirit of God to know, be quiet, sit with them, listen to them. And when I have what I want to say, the words may be as simple as I love you. It may be a touch of a hand. This is how women sometimes we interact with each other. And it's how um, some, some, some times in male and female relationships as well. And sometimes it's parent and child. It just depends. And sometimes it's an absolute stranger, somebody you don't even know. But in that moment, the God in you is expressing his knowledge and his care of the person. So, this is different, as I said, from societal friends who don't have an investment other than to like or love your post, but they don't know your favorite color. They don't know your song. Oh, that's my song or the things to do, the things you like to do. Friends will discover you 
because they have a genuine interest. There is a bond, a, a relationship, an attachment, a rapport. That's what it's like with the Father. That's what it's like with the Holy Spirit. That's what it's like with Jesus. That's what it's like one with another. That's what it's like when you, this bouquet of lives that we have, these friendships that we get to cherish and, and people that we get to uh, get to know on a better basis. Some will allow it, some will not allow it, but you love regardless. So that's part of that. I, I guess I'll just stay with this page for a moment. Friendship is intentional. Scripturally, it means it's a, a strong friendship is a covenant relationship and it's established and sealed in blood. Now, there are the blood covenants that people will do and, you know, even um, organizations and gangs and a lot of them will do a shedding of blood. But you see, the friendship that we have with God, the blood is all, the blood price has already been paid and it's a strong friendship. It opens doors for us to walk in. And to be able to understand the value that we have because somebody laid his life down for us. Let me give you these scriptures. And this, again, is in the notes. Kingdom 101 relationship. It says teaching module one, lesson one, part one. It doesn't have a page number, but I'm going to guess it's page seven <laughs> out of the notes. Um, but here's the scriptures. John 15 verses one through 15. And I emphasized uh, verses 13 and 13, 14, and 15 in that particular passage. This is the Passion Translation. We'll move into the next phase after this, but let's just go ahead and do this. He says, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. I am a true sprouting vine. That's I, I, We can actually say that. We are true sprouting vines, and the farmer who tends the vine is our father. He cares for the branches connected to me. This is what Yeshua said. By lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words. Now, here's how it happens. And this, I'm going to answer a question because I, I saw a question. I was sent a question asking, how do you hear clearly? And the answer to that question is through the word of God. It's always through the word of God that you see clearly and you hear clearly. It comes from what God has already said. He says, the words that I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. And this was even before the cross that he was saying, the power of my words is such. And, and they didn't understand it yet, but the power of his words was being fortified, underwritten by his blood, by his time, by his life. And he says, they have already cleansed you. So words have the power to cleanse you. Um, and many of you may have uh, been in a place, maybe in your wicked days, uh, Wicked, ugly days <laughs> where somebody would look at you and, and have something filthy to say, and it was supposed to be a compliment, but you kind of felt like you got slimed. It's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not your, mm -mm, nope, that's not me. And so it, it, I didn't like what they said. I didn't like the way they looked or something. And you felt slimed because their words were dirty, because their words were unclean. There's a difference. Okay, one is profanity and the other is profane in its ways about, and you didn't like it. Okay, but Jesus said, the words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So there was the power of the blood. There was the water of the word. There was the washing and the, and the, 
and the valuing. See, the, because when he cleansed us, he placed a value upon us as well. And he said, so you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. It's my investment as your friend. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Well, what kind of fruit is he talking about? He's talking about the fruit that others can eat from. He's talking about the fruit of the spirit. He's talking about the fruit from the kingdom and your life being fruitful, being abundant, expanding out, being lush, always having something to, to release to others. But it only happens from the intimacy of the co the covenant, the, the, the connection of, um, being intimately joined to him. So sorry if there was noise going on, guys. Um, I'm going to get a new microphone for this so that we're going to have better sound. I just, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Okay. Anyway, verse five, John 15, five, I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, living union with me as your source. This is John 15, five, passion translation. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Anybody ever experienced any of that? I like your comments too, if you want to share them. Um, that you, when you felt powerless, when you have felt overwhelmed, when you have felt like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle whatever the situation may be. Um, those kind of things. It's because I'm living separated from him in a world that res that re relies um, that re it needs. How do I say that, Lord? I'm living in a world that has an absence of his power because people have been trained to live without him. And they struggle, even at their best, even when they hit the, 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 the crest of, of excellence, things still fall apart. And um, these are the type of things that you want to look at. How am I living? Where, wherever I feel powerless, I'm separate from him because he's the power. He, he remember in Luke 4, it says that after going into the wilderness, Jesus came forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he was not on his own. He was walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the same thing that we have to do is we live with him. We walk with him. We're connected, vitally abiding in the vine. He says, verse six, if a person is separated from me, he's discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. Um, you know, the branches, the things that are not fruitful, the parts that he had, he said in that first part, you must remain in life union with me. Verse four, for I remain in life union with you as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. Your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are my branch. So living union with me, the branch gets its source from the vine, gets its sustenance from the vine. He says, so if I'm your source, you can only be fruitful. <laughs> How about that? Fruitfulness will stream from where? Within you. The kingdom, 
that is within you, fruitfulness of the kingdom will stream from within you. It will be seen in the earth, but it comes from within. But when you live separated from me, that means that you're not living the life of the kingdom. You may be living, a, trying to be good or doing something like that, but you're living apart from covenant because covenant means vitally connected. Once you marry, you are single in the in individuality, but married. You are in union with the other person. And that's exactly what we have in him. I abide in the vine. I cannot survive separated from him. I, can, I don't thrive without him. He is my life source. I may appear to be living, but he is my life source. Okay. So then he says this, um, it, but if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Why? You know who you're talking to. You know what he looks like. You know what he smells like. You know what he's like. And you know he will withhold no good thing from you. You know that the good things that he has for you are already there for you. And you're simply releasing or allowing him to release or you're speaking it from that place in him. It's like being seated in him and saying, yes, thank you for that. Um, it's like the table is filled with everything that, of life. And he simply like you would say, pass the potatoes or pass the vegetables. And it's just thank you. It's already at the table with me. It just, the table turns and it's right there before me. And I can dine with him in that. So when your lives when bear abundant, he said, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify the father. He's talking about sonship. When you start recognizing, yes, opposition is going to come, but it doesn't change the fact that I already have victory. Opposition that comes while I'm in route to, to victory is simply the story of the things that got moved out of the way because I went for the sure thing. See, victory is the sure thing, but the journey, you got to take it. You can't just sit there and wait. It's not going to just be delivered by a stork, you know, and drop down on you. You're going to have to go for the walk. You're going to have to go for the run. You're going to have to sit in there and stay in there when it when it hurts when it's when it's tough when it when it hurts a lot when things seem very difficult to uh experience you stay in it because of the words that he has spoken because you saw the outcome the bible tells you this that jesus who loved us but he said that he looked beyond the cross despising the shame because of what he saw because of the glory that was set before him, because he knew this is just the middle part. I The dying is what I do to, for the resurrection. The glory that is set before was not for a dead man. It was for an eternal man. And so he's saying, no, he is an eternal man. He's all God. And he's also eternal. He has eternal life. He is eternal life. And we, uh, we have that life that he, he showed you you walk with God all the way through, even to the, the most uh, humiliating moments of life, being stripped naked and, and hanging in front of people and dying and on a cross and being in excruciating pain and being disfigured and all of the things that you are. But that's what's happening to my body, my spirit, my spirit, my spirit is crying out to God when his spirit huh, experienced that separation. 
but how wonderful was it, do you think, for him when he brought that blood back to the mercy seat and he's able to say, I am here with my father again. So um, maturity, it's a whole different topic. If anybody has any questions, please feel free to post them. Um, verse nine, I love each of you with the same love that the father loves me and you must continually let my nourish your heart. I would suggest you take that verse right there, verse nine in this passion translation and say, I, you love me with the same love that the father loves you. And I continually let your love nourish my heart. I continually let your love nourish my heart. I will continually let your love nourish my mind. I will continually let your love nourish my body, my cellular structure. I know this. How? Because I take communion. And what is communion? It is the love that he has for me. The same love that the father loved him with. And yet he still had to do that, that thing. What? That thing of dying? No, that thing of resurrected. The dying had to happen in order for the resurrection to come forth. It's This is about giving us new life. We were already dead. He went through the same thing. But then he brought us life. You see, he did what we needed. He, resurrection power is a very pricey thing. It costs blood to release it into all of us through words. You can speak words. If you confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved for with words, with the confession of the words that God gave you to speak, salvation comes, eternal life comes. But it took, but eternal life is not just eternal life. It's not a little card that you carry that say, I'm a believer. No, this is, you know, like what, here's my little believer card. No. Um, it's this, it's got so much more to it than that because within my eternal life is resurrection power, the power to raise me from all of the places where I have been dead, the power to raise my finances from deadly places, the power to raise my hopes, my dreams, everything had to come, comes from death into life. And the words that he spoke have already cleansed it and bring it into an empowering of kingdom life. It's a life nobody had until he gave it to us. Listen, people, and listen clearly. The kingdom of God, he said, has come. And then later they discover, well, we're still looking for the kingdom on the outside. But what he was saying to you is, but it's a spirit thing, first of all, for spirit beings. It's where spirit lives. It is where the born from above, it is where the sons of God live in spirit, in father in the kingdom which is in the father and so if the father has come to dwell within you then the kingdom has come to dwell in you so everything every resource that you have need of is in the kingdom and the kingdom is within you you simply have to learn that in order to unlock it it's intimacy with him it is him that he says the, but i gave you the key and the key is fellowship intimacy sonship no kingdom citizen. There are no citizens in the kingdom of God that are not sons. Only the sons are the citizens. And that's what we are. <laughs> we are the same body. And, oh, there's there's a lot more to it. I'm having a lot of fun talking about this stuff because I'm actually writing my uh, the new book. And 
this stuff is starting to just flow out. Out of your belly flows the river of the kingdom. Out of your the words. So I, I can cleanse you with words because the only words that I have to cleanse you with are his. And those are the words I am authorized to say because I'm a son, because I am his son, because I'm of the kingdom. And I'm authorized to speak the words of the kingdom and the kingdom words work because the king is his own word. And he has already set it up that every time he releases or his words are released into time, then time will see the manifesting of what he said. Yes. Ask your questions. I'm going to keep going. Um, he said, you must continually let my love nourish your heart. I'm telling you that that verse, John 15, 9, the Passion Translation. Why don't we uh, why don't we take that one on this week? Why don't we do something with that? Why don't we say that over ourselves uh, every day or to ourselves? And then I'll speak it over you. Father, I thank you that you love each person. That is a part of our, our house. You love this ministry. You love the loving unity. You love your people. You love the, your sons with the same love uh, that you love Jesus with. And so we continually let the love of Jesus nourish our hearts. We let this love nourish our hearts. I didn't say it quite right, but there it is. I'm just reading it and it'll just be right now I'm reading it. But there'll be a moment when I won't have to read it anymore. Because it's become what I believe. And it won't take me long. Well, because I'm prone to this. I want this. Okay. Here's the verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will live in my love. Well, there it is. If you keep my commandments, you will live in my love. So if I live in your love, I will keep your commandments. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like you take the part that he says, this is the easy part. Live in my love and you keep my commandments. Because you can't live in his love and not keep his commandments. You disobey when you're not living in his love because you don't think you're loved. So you treat yourself bad because you don't think you're worth anything else. When you live in his love, it's like, oh, no, I can't treat myself that way because I live in his love. This was the gift I said I was giving myself for my birthday this year anyway, because, you know, I'm in August. And I said, well, the gift I'm giving myself for my birthday is to love me. I'm going to give myself the gift of love. I talked about this on Monday night. But what I was saying is to let his love have that place. And here it is right here in this beautiful color, black and white that this is what he said. And actually it would be red, uh, but it's not because I don't have it in red, but I will let your love nourish my heart. And I live in your love so that I keep your commandments as you kept the father's commandments. So that means that I continually live nourished and empowered by your love. Wow. Are you getting this? Is that amazing? I continually live nourished and empowered by your love. This is relationship. We are talking about relationship. And somebody better talk to me. So <laughs> um, post your questions or make your comment. Or are you just sitting, I'm just basking in it, basking in it. Oh, it's just flooding me. Well, I, let a sister know. Okay. Thank you. Anyway, the he says, verse 12. So this is my command. Oh, let me go back. Forgive me. Verse 11. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Now, come on. Wait, what? You want me to experience the same joy that you experience? Yes, that's what he said. I want you to experience the same joy that I experience. 
And I want that joy that I experienced to fill your heart with overflowing gladness. Oh, whoa, whoa. Bubble, 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 bubble. It's a good kind of bubble. It's not the girl. <laughs> then we go, oh, oh. Um, it's not that kind. This is like, what? You want to do what? Yeah. You want to invest that kind of love. I want this. Yes, I take it. Okay, so I have it. I don't have to, oh, Lord, I want this. I want this. I want this. Because this was still old covenant. The cross made this so. The cross made this the reality. He said, I have told you these things. My purpose in telling y'all who were still dead, they were not born from above. He was telling this to people that were spiritually dead. I, my purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Well, it did. Pentecost showed it, bubble, 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 you know, beautifully. So, so I have the joy that you experienced. It fills my heart with overflowing gladness. And I'll start to see it because I'm going to hear it. He says, now, so this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. And he just told you how you'll be able to do it with his love. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. And that is not necessarily being crucified or getting in front of a bullet or a fist. Sometimes it's simply putting your time, your talents, your resources, your ears, your hearing, you're sacrificing how you are by yourself for what they need you to be. So you show, he said, verse 14, that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. So when you obey all that I command you, you're simply showing that you're my intimate friends. He didn't say uh, slaves. He said, friends, he said, I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servant and servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends for I revealed to you everything that I've heard from my father. You know, I can relate to this a whole lot more because of what I've gone through in the past couple of years. I dare to trust people with parts of me that I, I did not used to. Um, Geneva, you're there. Carlita, you're another one. Uh, Leslie, if she's on, is another one. And there's a group of women that have given of themselves to me and have been willing to see past whatever it is that people think they see with me. I don't know what it is. I had that same experience um, with Minister Patricia Johnson, whom I've loved forever. But she and I spent the first part of vacation in Orlando and just getting to spend that time with her. We've always called each other sis. We've always loved each other, but we didn't really know a lot about each other. I knew a few things about her and she knew a few things about me, but who knew that we were both spontaneous jump and dance at the table. When we get excited, people, we found that out. We had an amazing time. We went places. We drove that little car everywhere, all over Orlando. We had a ball. But the truth is that what was really amazing for me was the knitting of hearts and 
He said, I've never called you servants. In other words, I've never said that you're simply here to serve me. Because a master, you, there's no room for friendship with that. No, we, there's an equality because of the blood. Servants don't always understand because they don't have the heart. But I call you, he said, my most intimate friends, because you provide a place for me to reveal to you everything I've heard from my father. And sometimes it's stuff that I'm revealing about myself. That's what I had with Patricia. I have that with Geneva. I have that with Leslie. There's a, a number, a couple of others. A, there's a few others. I'm really blessed. And I don't give all of me to anyone. I give, but I have friends in my life. So she is another one, Crystal. And, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to do the roll call thing right now. Anita, okay, that's enough, y'all. Quit trying to get your names in there. Anyway, um, but each person by their gift of themselves, by the gift of their own uh, transparency, made it a safe place for me to do the same. And so what it has done is it brings, we bring healing to each other. We, we can share heartbreak or moments together and laughter is a great part of that as well. And so this is what he's saying. You didn't choose me, he said, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And, and he said, and your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my father, for my sake, he will give it to you. And see, we don't even have to ask like they did because in this particular time, he, he was like, this is my father. But then later he said, but now he's your father. So all you got to do now is just deal with it. My name. You don't have to go through all of the gyrations that religion tells you that you do to get to the father because you are a son. He said in verse 17, so this is my pardoning command, love one another deeply. And so in that is relationship, showing you're the brother or sister for adversity. You're the friend that loves at all times. That's Proverbs 17, 17. You're the one that shows yourself friendly. That's Proverbs 18, 24, I think. Friends, a friend, a brother, somebody that has one standard because there's a price to pay to be somebody's friend. There's a price somebody has to pay to be your friend. There's a price you pay to be someone else's. And sometimes what that is, the price you pay is self. You pray, you pay by not trying to always be the one. It's the friendship has to revolve around you. That's not a friendship. That's a dictatorship or it's a servant master relationship. It is not the friendship, the equality that comes through the blood and comes from the heart of the father. So we had talked last week about kingdom relationship absolutes. I think I talked about that and, and also about how you get the revelation of what we're talking about. It's not just something that goes in your ears to have the revelation and have it revealed to you means that you see it. You, it's tangible. You can experience it. You can you can flow with it. You can submit to it. And I mean, there are so many nuggets in, in just that, those notes that I, I just read from. And again, this is apparently pages, it's teaching module number one. And I read pages seven, eight, and nine out of the 11 pages that it is. I don't even know where the other ones are. I guess I got them around here somewhere. Oh, here, here, they, some of them. Okay. But that's teaching module one, lesson one, part one, pages seven, eight and nine that's where we got 
just the little extractions that we've had thus far. And by the way, to all of these women that I've just mentioned, I want to tell you, thank you. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm more human, but I'm more superhuman because of friends. I'm, I'm more um, touchable, relatable because I'm around people that want it. You know, I've been in male female relationships, but being with the one that wants to be with me is very different from being with the one that wants me. I think y'all get, get that. There's a lot of them that want me, but um, want me for me, want to be with me is very, very different. It's, it's the thing, it's the gift we give each other. Um, I don't, I don't want to be around you just because you give out goodies because you do chicken and waffle dinners and chicken, waffle and bacon. I guess we should call them really. I don't want to be with you just because you've got a lot of money and you, you pay for everything or, or I want this or that, you know, I, I don't want to be with you because of what, um, you know, I mean, that's why some people want to be with you around you in your circle. Um, because of your influence. I want to be in your circle because you go places. I want to be in your circle because people come to you and I get a chance to meet people. I want to be in your circle because it could open up for me for being in the big time. Well, that's true. And if that's the reason you want to be in my circle and I have um, access to something that will help you, cool. But that doesn't make you and me friends. That's you or you, uh, you or whoever that's using. And, and it's like, if you want to use me, that way, then just ask me, you know, you don't have to pretend to be anything to me. If I can have it and God lets me give it, you got it. it. It's not a big deal to me because none of that stuff lasts. It's the kingdom. I want you to live eternally. I want you to live in power. I want you to live in the, in, in the beauty of, of the holiness of God. If I got a platform that's going to help you and God said, yeah, because I want them to come and come on through. That's fine. But that's not relationship. The platform is for all. You know, we are blessed to be on uh, the Loving Unity Broadcast Network and to be able to do the thing that we do. And they're always, always telling you, come on in, the water's fine. You can put your own program on if, if that's what you want to do. And wherever it is that it takes you, you, you are already exposed to hundreds or thousands of people. And, and whatever the numbers are, I don't think about those, but I know that those numbers are there. But the purpose of it is not to be exposed to numbers. It's to be with one. It's the one. The 99 is good. It's the one who, if have you put the message, who did you release this love from me, the kingdom to bring this one. And, and, and the one is, there's always one. And, and so the multiplication of that, because I, there's that expression and it's a beautiful song too. Each one can reach one and we continue to reach another because every day there's a one. And you, if, if every, single one of us continues. Well, I mean, you know, it takes somebody that's really good at math to do the exponential thing, but I just, I can figure it out to say it's going to be more than two. <laughs> and, and you're, you're able to do that. So the platforms, praise God for the platforms, but the platforms are not the friendship. The platforms are not the relationship, the warmth, the generosity of the blood of Jesus, of the father and the heart and the love. Oh my, to be someplace where you can just really be. 
and it starts to untether you from things that you never were. And you start finding identity in who you are because of what God says that you are. That's where the relationship comes from. I'm with the one that knows what I look like and loves me and, and wants to care for me just as I care about him. I can't care for God or take care of him the way he takes care of me, but I sure can guard what he's given me and treasure him and esteem him. And part of the way that I treasure and esteem God is through the relationships that I have with other people. Let me get to one other kind of relationship. Now, having said that, that stewardship of who he is, is going to heal the way you've had a relationship with wealth or have not had a relationship with wealth and instead kingdom wealth. And you've had a relationship with debt or you've had a relationship with lack or you've had a relationship with poverty or something like that because you thought that was it. Well, that's that same thing as a branch is severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately with him. Because see what I'm trying to tell you, the relationship we many of us have with food is, is a poverty relationship because we either have a scarcity mentality about it or a, dis, or a lack of care for ourselves because of everything we keep putting in. But it can be fixed very easily by the treasuring of the relationship with him. Because then you start thinking, I don't live by bread alone or cookies alone or whatever it is alone, but I live by what you say. Because you are the fruit, you are the the veg, you are everything to my spirit, and the nourishing, letting your love nourish me, starts to change your appetite for things that would try to destroy you, it, whether it's uh, uh, substances, um, the time that you spend in self-destructive uh, places, words that you have uh, replayed in your head, but the love that nourishes starts to starts to go after those cells in the brain and deals with the dendrites and deals with you know all of these different things or the the scavengers you know because there's all these the antioxidants will work here and this will happen here so the free radicals good to I mean at all whatever your health conversation is your SPF factor and and this factor and that factor the love that nourishes you causes you to get your fight and you say you know what you, this is what you say about me. And so this is what I'm going to allow to manifest. I'm not, it raises your standards. It raises your standard of care about your life. It raises your standards from mediocrity. It raises your thought process from the trudging along in the, this is my norm. It's, if it's not super, you can't get to supernatural by living a normal life then your natural has to be the kingdom. And then supernatural is your normal. I'll say it again. The kingdom life has to be your natural life. Living from the spirit must be natural to you. It's the only way I know to do it. It's my first, it's my default. Where people say um, second nature. No, it's not my second nature. It's my first nature. It's my original nature. And so I live kingdom. 
And therefore I expect supernatural to happen because that's normal to me. The supernatural power of God, the change of atmosphere, the over overcoming of the things that so easily used to come upon me. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two, I believe it is. The things that used to tie you up, the things that wounded you, being healed from those things. It becomes natural to me to be healed and not to be sick. It's, I don't talk about symptoms. I only talk about the health I have because I finally recognize the body that I live in is not me. And if the body that I live in is not me, it's simply my house, my address, then I couldn't possibly be sick because my spirit doesn't carry any sickness. The body then starts to hear what the spirit is saying. If, if I live from the spirit, then poverty cannot be my nature. And so the impoverished areas of my thinking start to do things that start to get rid of the poverty spirits that have been around me because I'm living from the nourishment of his love. Any questions? Y'all understanding what I'm saying? Because I probably have about eight minutes or so and I'll wind it down. But if you've got questions or if you understand or if you want more of this, then, then let's do that. And I see you said you're soaking it up, my sissy. And I do see what you said, Minister Frederick. He is loving us. So let me go ahead and, and see what um, these other things that I said. And, and Leslie, I'm glad you're here. So Jenny, you said Christ completed work, reclaimed the dirt for the kingdom. And in the kingdom, citizens are sons. That's right. That's kingdom expansion, colonization. The increase is in the citizenry, right? He wants all his sons back. That's exactly, he wants his sons. And the colonization is all of us coming into the thinking. It's not a universal mind. It's the mind of Christ. It's all of us saying the same thing and expressing. We have different parts of it. I shared this with some folks today. I don't, um, I don't put down, I'm starting to not put down the fact that you do things the way you do it and I do it differently. I'm pulling from the piece of what you, what, how you do things and I'm adding it to how I understand it. And that's expansion because each of us has something to contribute. Each of us has a part of the whole, but no one part is the part. It's everything that builds up to the to the photo, to the image of what it is that the father is showing. And so kingdom relationships are rooted in the king. And so you living from, okay, I, I, I saw that. Let me, let me go ahead and respond to this um, and this. <laughs> um, what we're saying is this. You have to recognize that identity is a spirit thing. We have identified, I, I had to post something, it was funny, I did one of those um, those uh, little game things, those, uh, uh, what are those things called, the algorithm type of games that they have on, on social media, on Facebook, on this particular one. And so it was like, here's your name and here's what it means. And mine, when I did the first one, because you know, you can do them over, I didn't do it over, I, I like that one, it cracked me up. It said, Lanzine, me, your name means that you have, I don't recall, a beautiful face or a pretty face or a fair look, a good looking face or something like that. And a really great body something like that. And I fell out. I said, yeah, amen. That's it right there. And you know what happened? I was laughing at that. And then I was getting myself together and I looked at myself. I said, you do have a beautiful body. 
you just look at it from the body of the world and what they're talking about with the, the dimensions and the shape and stuff like that. But your body is beautiful because of who it houses. It houses the spirit that God has made you to be and you live in it. And as your body is beautiful, it's because it's reflecting on the outside, the beauty of the holiness of him on the inside, the righteousness of God, the love of God. It's being, my body is being nourished by his love. That makes it beautiful. So we're not talking physique. We're not talking measurements. We're not talking hourglass versus this or too much this or not enough of that. That's not what makes you beautiful. What makes you beautiful is the person that you is on the inside. That is not cliche. That's spirit occupying and the kingdom of God expanding. And so what we're talking about is letting the release of the kingdom of God from the inside, letting it be seen. In order for any to really be able to understand kingdom, you've got to see it. But let's go. I, and I have seen it. I've seen the kingdom. I've seen it. But more so now, and I, I understand he's saying, but I want you to see it in you. Because I saw the beauty of it. I saw the gold. I saw the richness. I saw the kingdom. But but what he was saying is, but do you see the gold? Do you see the richness? Do you see the abundance? Do you see the beauty inside? Because that's what you look like on the inside as a carrier of the kingdom of God. And so you can relate to me because you come already clothed in the righteousness, in the, in the garments that you can wear in the presence of the king. Okay. So I think that pretty much uh, says it next week. What's supposed to be happening is that the ministers are coming on. And I think I'll probably be here with y'all for a little bit anyway. I want to get y'all geared up because August 24th is my birthday. It's a Wednesday night and I will not be, uh, to my knowledge, I won't be teaching Bible study. I don't know what I'll be doing, <laughs> but um, for actually I, I do know what I'll be doing. I'll be getting ready to, to travel, but um, I think, but I, I want to be able to showcase, to be able to step to the side and say, look at how God, ministers through Frederick Johnson or Patricia Johnson or Geneva Hollis or Crystal Kemp or uh, Rodney Cutler or James Parker or Nicole Brown or Albert Walthall or Dury Foster or Kelly Smith or um, um, Daniel Lara or whoever it happens to be. Have you ever heard how the power of God comes through this particular vessel? Because we have some amazing ministers and friends and, 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 and people around us. I'm privileged sometimes to hear how they pray or how they talk um, when they allow themselves to be open. It's not the same when they're uncomfortable. It's not the same when they, um, you know, think they have to, to know something. But you know what kingdom life is about? It's about the knower on the inside of you. And just taking the one nugget that you have and releasing that and then watching how it multiplies because you've just fed a multitude with the, the offering that he gave to you. Any questions? Going, going. Um, it's also time. I'm my own producer tonight. So um, 
we're going to also be receiving, um, it's Wednesday night, so that would also mean the tithes and offerings. This is the one, I'll show you this real quick, and it's going to hide my face, but that's okay. I'm giving you just a few moments to formulate any questions that you have. So there are four ways to give. Uh, you can do it by mail to P.O. Box 4400 in Manteca, California, 95337. You can do it through Cash App. Um, it's supposed to be dollar sign A-L-M-T-E-M. I, I pray that that one is working now. You can do PayPal, pay me that way, or you can do Zelle, offerings, offerings at astoundinglove.org. So we're receiving the tithes, the offerings, and the other uh, things that you want to do. And most of all, I'm praying that you've received uh, from these words that have been released to you tonight, and that there are some things that you are able to, um, you know, to move on and to and to uh, operate through in the things of God. I also want to tell you. Let me see. Um, I think I'm going to give just a couple of little announcements real quick as I'm winding down to a close. But as mentioned uh, before, when I get to do uh, some of my programs, I do them on. Um, uh, the Love and Unity Broadcast Network, and uh, very honored for the places we go. But Love and Unity is a it's 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 an experience all by itself, and the people are absolutely stellar. And so I want to tell you that October sixth, um, seventh, and eighth is the Love and Unity Convergence in Cleveland, Ohio. If you want information on that, go to love-unity.org. Um, we're updating our AT, uh, MTEM dot, uh, org and astoundinglove.org websites right now. They're a little bit behind in their postings, but we will have this information up there as well. But you can go to the Loving Unity site and you can look into it. It's really these convergences are really of particular interest, I believe, to apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. But if you're a church worker or you're somebody that loves the word of God and wants to be in those gatherings, then um, you're either able and you're able to travel to Ohio, then come to Ohio. Otherwise, make sure that you join us online and are able to participate that way. And even closer to home, there is going to be a gathering of apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers in Sacramento, California. And our own apostle, Dr. Baker, will be a part of that. That's taking place in August. You can find that also on the website, I believe. But that's going to take place August 18th, 19th, and 20th in Sacramento, California. So both of those things are um, both of those um, uh, opportunities to gather and and to you know to be amongst the saints and to and to just soak up and to hear, but also to be preparing yourself to release because that's the job of the of what we refer to as fivefold but it is the uh, ascension gifts of the apostle the prophet the evangelist the pastor teacher we are the gifts that Jesus gave to the church he gave us to the church to build the church for y'all if you will for all of us but y'all okay to go out and be able to build others so it's seeding into to gather a harvest and i'm going to thank you all for tonight as I said, I, I think that I will be joining with them next week. But if I do or if I don't, I will see you in a couple of weeks. And I'll see you either next week or the week after. But I am excited that the ministers, uh, that there will be a gathering, a roundtable type of conversation. Prayerfully, you all will pick up from what I talked about tonight. You pick up from what was talked about last uh, Wednesday. And uh, those of you that are members of the house or you have know how to access Crystal to get the recording, 
pick up from what we talked about on Sunday. So you're going to have four different things that you, and this is your assignment and I'm, I'm testing you. I want to see how much you guys are paying attention because um, this wonderful obedience, it builds our unity and makes us a lot stronger together. So last Wednesday and the past Sunday, tonight and Sunday that's coming up, you have four different uh, sessions that you'll be able to glean from and say, what is it that you heard in the messages? What did you read? What scriptures were you referenced to pointed to because of the messages, because of what came from the house or came from the broadcast that you're taking as a life changing absolute. And that word absolute is a very powerful one. So on behalf of Apostle Baker, the ministry staff and myself, I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, I want to encourage you to ask your questions even after this broadcast. You can definitely go to the Facebook page, to the Astounding Love Facebook page, and post in the messenger there. You can also reach me if you're connected to me. You can message me directly. Uh, you can also contact us at astoundinglove.org, and the email will come to us. So there's a number of ways we can be found, and we do like to respond, and we love you astoundingly. So as I said before, on behalf of everybody, and um, on behalf of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm going to rock in my chair. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I want to say thank you so much, um, you know, for being a part of this thing. And just in case you joined us late and say, who is this lady? I am Pastor Lundzie Lee. That's me, a.k.a. PL3, signing off for tonight. Thanking you so much. Letting you know I love you astoundingly. And didn't we have a time with these Kingdom 101 relationships? Yes, we did. So go forth. Manifest. Do the things that you do. I love you. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>